You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Well, welcome and happy Friday. It's Crunch Time here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. It is a Super Bowl fry yay. The reason that it is a fry yay is because the weekend is upon us, James Mesh. Mr. Producer Extraordinaire. Correct. I'm so glad I get to call you that again. Why? Because you're now the the Because I'm the only one. You're you're the longest tenured producer, so now you're the producer extraordinaire. I mean, even before Hannah made the change, I was the longest tenured currently. Yeah, but for some reason I wasn't allowed to call you the producer extraordinaire. It's, that's because Ray Ray doesn't call uh, Zach that? Uh-uh. Oh. Uh-uh. Not D-Lo? Uh-uh. Not an extraordinary yet. That's not he, he's working on it. He's getting there. He, he's trying. He's getting there. I love it. He's making um, progress. But no, pr- producer extraordinary, Mr. James Mesh. Yes. How are you, sir? Doing good. How about you? Um, I got the fresh cut. I'm, I'm living. I'm doing well. A little disappointed though. A little disappointed. Why am I a little disappointed? You didn't get the news you wanted just yet. Oh, I mean, well, well. Do I want the news to drop today? Yes. Do I want the news? <laughs> That's debatable. You'd rather just get just just gut me now. Just do it. Like it's gonna happen, so let's just do it. Let's just trade for Derek Carr, put him in the number four, and let's let's roll. I say this because when I first talked to him today, when we got in the studio, he said Derek Carr is going to be traded before the show starts. And I said, no, he's not. He's going to be traded just, after the Super Bowl. I had this feeling it was going to go down today. And and I was wrong. He was wrong. I was very, very wrong. But it's fine. It's okay, they, buddy. Just give us something you still got talk. the rest of the day. It'll just give us something to talk about on Monday. Exactly. Because it'll, happen, Super Bowl it'll happen first thing Monday morning. So we'll do so Super Bowl and then... Early at 6 a.m. And we'll, you'll be able we'll to hear do, it for RP3 and company. We'll do Super Bowl and then talk Derek Carr. It's great. It's going to be a great Monday. But before we get to that great Monday, we have a great show lined up for you today. James, we started this trend this week, the the three-guest show. And we've delivered a couple of bangers this week. I'd say more than a couple. But today is going to be the banger of all bangers. I mean, look at this guest list. Ben Upton. Talking college baseball. We're going to do a deep dive into the Raging Cajuns. Jake Crane. Jake's Takes hashtag Super Bowl edition. And then Super Bowl Spotlight. We've already done two of them this week. Both of them were really, really good. Actually, we've actually done three this week. And they've been really good. But this one. Brian Mitchell. Former Raging Cajun, Super Bowl champion, a pro bowler as well up in Washington. He now hosts a sports radio show up in Washington, D.C. for 106.7 The Fan. 
He's going to join us on the game hotline at 530. We'll talk about his football career, his experience at the Super Bowl, and so much more. But before we get to those great guests, if you want to get in on the game hotline, 337-706-0111, it is wide open until 430. So if there's something that you want to attack, whether it's college softball starting today, college baseball starting next week, you've got a hot take about the Super Bowl, whatever it may be. We want to hear from you once again on the game hotline. It's 337-706-0111. Your poll question of the day. It's very simple. Who wins Super Bowl 57? Will it be the Kansas City Chiefs or the Philadelphia Eagles? So far, 52% going KC. 48% going Philly. Tight race so far. A couple comments. Salty Steve. The fans win. Hopefully the game is as close as the spread. Chiefs 34, Eagles 27. Oh, Mr. Green. We, 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 love, a, we love a Mr. Green sighting. I'll say Chiefs, but since I don't like either team, let's go commercials. James, are you surprised that the news came out today that both injury reports are empty? Relatively clean. I'm... Well, to be fair, everybody was questionable, and if you look at the progression throughout the week of practice participation, everyone was pretty much at a full or, at the worst, a limited. So it, it doesn't surprise me. And they're just going to be like, well, it's the last game. If, if, if you're not absolutely out, how are you not going to play in the Super you Bowl? You see, I, I am surprised that Jalen Hurts disappeared from the list because he joined the injury report yesterday with an ear infection. And then now he, he's not on the injury report. I saw yesterday he was listed as questionable with an ear infection. Um, so I guess he's going to try to tough through it. Obviously, you know, the Super Bowl, you're going to do everything you can to be on the field. But depending on the severity of the ear infection, I was interested to see at what level Jalen Hurts was going to be able to play for Philly. But uh, let's go to the game hotline now. Ted, what's going on? What's happening? What you got? How y'all fellas doing today? Fantastic, sir. How are you? Roger that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Very good. And y'all? Doing well, doing well. Excellent. I just called to give my strong and humble opinion on the game. Um, 52% with KC, huh? Yes, sir. They're going with the quarterback and the coach. Quarterback and the coach. I heard quarterback and a coach who's only won one Super Bowl. Okay. I don't care about that, truly, except the injury to Mahomes. I do care about that. That's one reason. Here's the others. Philadelphia is the better team all season long. Philadelphia is the healthier team. Philadelphia is the better team as far as player talent. So you know what? what I don't. I'm, I don't see a reason. And, and when they blitz Patrick Mahomes on that ankle, it's going to be a problem. Okay, so I've got. So I've got. I, I've I got, don't understand why the majority is going for KC, but it's not going to be a good day for those guys. 
So I've got two points to counter. Number one, you brought up Patrick Mahomes' ankle injury, which I agree is a valid point. However, Jalen Hurts is also playing with a sprained shoulder. Okay, but is that going to affect his running ability? No. And is it the left or right? It's his throwing is shoulder. Is it his throwing shoulder or it's non-throwing his shoulder? shoulder? It's not going to affect his running ability, but is Jalen Hurts really going to be able to run to a victory? Uh, I think so. He's done it for 13 games all year. Actually, 15. He's done it by just running? Um, No, he's not just about running, but he's probably half and half, maybe more toward the run. I would say half and half. Half run, half throw. And then the other, the other thing that stands out is – Again, obviously, the the ankle sprain to Patrick Mahomes is a big issue. But when they played the Bengals two weeks ago, he still threw for over 300 yards. And the Bengals should have won that game by 14 points easily. I don't disagree. It was just one of those things that happened. I I, I don't disagree with that. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just my my stance, and again, you know, obviously, I I don't disagree with you that the Eagles might be the better team, but I think experience. The Bengals are the better team to be playing the the Eagles. Way better. Again, much better. Again, no, at this point. Again, I, I don't I don't disagree with you, but the Bengals failed to show up when it mattered. So, yeah, they they they, they choked on the last couple drives. Um, and I'm disappointed with that. But in terms of the Chiefs, I think experience is going to loom large in this game. Yeah, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, you know, and number 95 on the defensive line. Yep. You know, that's the three key factors in this game, in my opinion. Yep, absolutely, man. And Appreciate the call. Bob, take it, kick. I I get people's point about, you know, you look at Andy Reid and he's one and two in the Super Bowl, but this is the man's fourth appearance in a Super Bowl. How many coaches do you know that have coached in four Super Bowls? There have not been many. Andy Reid wins this Super Bowl. He cements his legacy as a top 10 coach of all time. All time. And... Dare I say this, Patrick Mahomes may have only been in the league for five years now. He wins a second Super Bowl in five years? You could reserve a spot in Canton for him. The two-time league MVP would be a two-time Super Bowl champion, more than likely a two-time Super Bowl MVP. He's the most polarizing player in the league of the last five years. He wins a second Super Bowl in his fifth year in the NFL. Reserve a spot in Canton for him right now. Let's go back to the game hotline. Chico, what's going on? Hey, I take right here, Miguez. What you got? Eagles, 27. Kansas City, 20. Raging Cajun softball sweeps. And next weekend, Raging Cajun baseball sweeps rice. Let's go. Go Cajuns and go Eagles. Y'all have a great day, baby. Love you. Love it, Chico. Love it. Uh, 27-20. That's kind of low scoring. 
I think it's going to be a little higher than that. He, he would be taking the under because the yeah the, the, the total is fifty one. Is that all it is? I, I thought so. it was higher than that. I thought it was in, close to sixty. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check again. Twenty seven twenty. Now don't get me wrong. I could see twenty seven twenty happening, but that's in, that's interesting. One thing that I'm really intrigued to see with this Super Bowl. It actually lowered to 50 and a half. It's 50 and a half. Yes. Okay. That's interesting. So he would still be taking the under in in that instance. Which is fair because if Jalen Hurts' shoulder is as hurt as we maybe think it is. Correct. Because maybe it feels like Philly's trying to hide it and that's why they just took him off the injury report. Correct. Maybe that's whenever you kind of go to more of a ground and pound game where you give it to Kenneth Gainwell more. You give it to Miles Sanders more. Jalen takes it himself. You do jet sweeps with Devontae Smith. Get it out of his hands as quick as possible. Philly's it, only- for- it forces it forces the drives to take longer, so then it shortens the amount of total drives that we have in the game, which will in turn more likely than not lower the total points. Philly's only a one-and-a-half point favorite. They are. Initially, it was the Chiefs that was the favorite. That's a pick 'em. At that point, that's ju- it's just a toss up at that point. The X factor for me in this game, and obviously we're going to dive deeper into the Super Bowl throughout today's show. The X factor for me is going to be the running game for both teams, because obviously you know we know Jalen Hurts can throw the football, and he can run the football as well. Miles Sanders. Granted, Miles Sanders has 1,300 yards this year. Very impressive year. However, he has been inconsistent at times. There are times whenever they don't really go to the run game and don't go to him as often, which that's kind of been his whole career with Philly, is sometimes you'll see him get 27 carries. He'll have well over 100 yards and get in the end zone at least once. Correct. And then there are some games where they only give it to him four times, and it's like Miles Sanders is a very talented running back. I don't understand why... There are some games where he gets so little touches. And then on the other side, you've leaned a lot on Isaiah Pacheco this year. Are the Super Bowl lights too bright for a rookie? I'm, I'm wondering, he he has that wrist injury, so I'm wondering if, if someone goes for a, a peanut punch, the running will, back, he bo- will he be more susceptible to, to fumbling? The running back position on both teams is my X factor in this game. There's just so many questions that need to be answered about the way that these groups are going to play. Because, again, like I said, Miles Sanders, inconsistent. Kenneth Gainwell has shown up at times, but he's still a little young, a little inexperienced. And then Isaiah Pacheco being a rookie. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire coming back is important. Uh, See what kind of factor he can be for for Kansas City. But, again, they're going to lean on Isaiah Pacheco like they have all year long. I'm just a little worried that the lights might be too bright for him. We'll continue this conversation on Crunch Time next. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Join us for a day of golf and giving at the game's charity golf scramble benefiting Redbird Ministries. Hit the link at Farm D Alley while supporting a great cause with all proceeds from the tournament going towards Redbird Ministries' mission of serving families who have been given the extraordinary cross to carry the loss of a child. 
In addition to 18 holes of golf, the day will include great prizes, food, drinks, and a great day with the staff at the game. So gather your friends and colleagues for a fun day on the course while making a difference in the lives of those in need. Get your foursome together and register now at 1037thegame.com, and together we can make a difference. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Louisiana Raging Cajuns softball getting ready to get underway at Lampson Park. We will update you on the score throughout the contest uh, but looking at LSU softball they begin their season tonight at Tiger Park with a 6 p.m. first pitch against New Mexico uh, but again Cajuns begin at 4 30 so we will update you on that game as it happens let's go to the hotline now Jacob what's going on buddy what's up man how you doing I'm all right man how are you I'm sad <laughs> y- yeah I feel like I've been on a five-week high, you know. The past ten games, past five weeks, I've just been living life, super happy, and now I'm back down to earth. Well, here, here's the thing, and, and this is this is the statistic that really stands out to me about last night's game. Jordan Brown scores 25. Yeah. Famous Folks has a career-high 19. Yeah. The other eight players that saw the court combined for 27. And what did I say on the air yesterday? Somebody else was going to have to step up. And usually, yeah, usually that's Greg. Usually that's Greg. Yeah, but, he he had a bad yeah. night last night. You know, I'd I'd rather have a night like last night happen in the regular season than in the conference tournament. For sure. Right. I I will say my prediction was pretty good though. My prediction was pretty on point. What was our free throw percentage last night? You shot eighty percent as a team. I think that uh, I think that lines up with my best free throw shooting night of the season. Yeah, I would have I would have to go back, but that's definitely up there. Yeah, but yeah, I think uh, two you know, two of fifteen that, from that, behind that, the arc. Yeah, two two for ten. I mean, it was just an off night shooting for us. And like props, I I love having a rival, and I think last night really proved that Southern Miss will be our rival in the Sunbelt Conference, like beyond basketball, right? Like right. in football and in baseball. I don't know how their softball team is, but I, I love this rivalry, Brew, and you can tell that their um, fans care about their program, very similar to the way we care about ours. Um, obviously, there's a lot more stuff to do in Lafayette than there is to do in Hattiesburg. Um, but, you know, I, I love seeing that enthusiasm and – as I said, like, back in January to you, Matt, like, other than when the Cajuns are playing uh, Southern Miss in basketball, I, I like Jay Ladner. Like, I really do like their coach. I mean, when he was at Southeastern, like, who wins the Southland Conference regular season championship with Southeastern yep. ever in, in men's basketball? And he was able to do it. Um, I always like those guys who are, like, alums of their – of their program and then become the head coach. And he's had a couple rough years to start his career over there. Um, but his team, like I know James used the the term earlier on Jordy's show, like bulletin board material. 
but they got picked 14th in the Sun Belt. And that's been a huge motivating factor for them. And it's, and it just proves like all along. And, you know, we've said this for years, um, like there's a lot of parody in, in the Sun Belt mm-hmm. for men's basketball. Yeah. You know, anybody can beat anybody. So I don't give a lot of, uh, big, big credit to preseason polls because whether you're ranked first or you're ranked 14th, um, anybody can beat anybody. So props to them. They played a good game. They, they they put everything out on the floor and beat us, and we played a very poor game um, and hung in there with them uh, for the majority. But you of see, the, of- here's here's the thing, Jacob. You look at the you look at the standings now. Yes, UL's a game back from Southern Miss, but if you look at Southern Miss's schedule the rest of the way, they still have to play ULM. Trap they game. Have, for they sure. have to go to South Al. They have to go to Old Dominion. And they have to go to Texas State. Yeah, I think they'll drop. Like the, I was looking at it, they they could drop one or two in that stretch. Yeah, and, and if you take care of your, we, the regular season championship is not out of reach. Not at all. You know, if if they drop one and we win out, right? Or if they drop two and we drop one, correct? Of our remaining games, because that James Madison be, game worries me. Yeah, it worries me too. But there's a possibility that Southern Miss could drop more than one. But let's say let's say they drop one and we went out, right? We would be the number one seed because our head-to-head record versus the next highest seed, which would be Marshall, theoretically, they got stomped by Marshall in West Virginia, and we beat them at home. Correct. So that's the tie, that's the tiebreaker, right? Yep. So it, it would. Obviously, we all would prefer to be in the driver's seat rather than needing something else to happen. Um, and I know that our team is still pushing. Like, the goal from the beginning of the season that Coach Marlin said at the media days was that our goal was to win a conference championship. So I know that goal is not being thrown out the window. I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see how our team responds on Saturday against Troy because although we handled them pretty, pretty easily in Lafayette without Jordan Brown, they're not an easy team to beat. Correct. Scott Cross is a good coach. So yep. um, if we can if we can get that one back, get back home playing ULM on Thursday, um, I think we're in a good spot. Yeah, absolutely, Jake. Appreciate the call, buddy. Appreciate you, Matt. Have a good one. So obviously, Cajuns falling to Southern Miss last night, eighty-two to to seventy-one. You had a five-point lead at halftime. But when you came out for the second half, it was all Southern Miss. Louisiana could not buy a bucket. Southern Miss shot 60% from the field in the second half and was able to outscore the Cajuns 49-33 to down the stretch to win the game 82-71. to Southern Miss now in sole possession of first place in the Sun Belt at 22-4. and while the Cajuns trail close behind at 20-5. and five. They're just a game out from the Golden Eagles. UL will now go to Troy, Alabama to take on the Trojans tomorrow in a 4 o'clock contest in that game. We're going to take a timeout here on Crunch Time. And when we return, Ben Upton will join us. We'll do a deep dive into Matt Degg's squad, Louisiana Rage and Cajuns. They're a week away from traveling to Houston to play Rice to open the season. We'll talk all about that next. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. 
Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The only app you need at your Super Bowl party this year is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Download FanDuel now and use promo code KLWB to bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to even who will score a touchdown in the game. I'm going to actually take A.J. Brown for an anytime touchdown because there's no way in my eyes that he's going to go through the entirety of the playoffs and even go through the Super Bowl without at least reaching pay dirt once. All on a top-rated sportsbook app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you'll get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today with promo code KLWB to claim your no-sweat first bet for Super Bowl 57. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only, $10 deposit required. Bonus refund issued as nominal drawable free bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Sportsbook. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Hit high, hammered to left field. Going back, taking a look, is Holcomb, and it's gone! Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Driven pretty well and pretty deep to left field. Going back as Varsho, looking up. See you later! Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to Crunch Time, 4.34 here on your Friday. We're going to get to the Super Bowl a little bit later on with our guy Jake Crane. Get picks, prop bets, all of it here on Crunch Time. But first, college baseball is just a week away. Last week we talked in depth about the top team in the country in LSU. Today, let's talk about a team a little closer to home. The Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns, Mad Degs and company coming off a 37-23 and season in 2022 that included a Sunbelt Conference title and a trip to the College Station Regional where they had Texas A&M on the ropes and just fell a little bit short. Ben Upton, host of 11.7, joins us on the game hotline to preview 2023 for Louisiana. Ben, thanks for taking the time, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Only a week away. I'm excited. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I'm really excited to talk about the old Raging Cajuns today and preview that team. So, you know, you, we talked about last year, 37-23, and 23, win the Sunbelt Conference, go to College Station. It's your first postseason appearance in six years. And you just kind of get this sense that the program took a step in the right direction at the end of last year. And then – you you going into 2023 the expectations are sky high because when you look at who you've returned it's basically the same team as last year other than a couple of pieces yeah and then like the people and they also got a couple of good transfers from um some bigger schools like Florida State and TCU so this should be a team that's well meshed together um i mean we know they're going to hit and we know they're going to play defense that's every coach Degg's team he's ever had uh they're going to hit they're going to play good defense um, really, like the only thing I'm looking for is to see who's going to step up on the mound and be that innings eater um, and out of the starting rotation and the bullpen. And of course, they have a few pieces there. But um, from what I'm hearing, it's like it's pretty much up for grabs for anybody that steps up into that role. Carson Rockefort's back 
as the offensive leader in just about every statistical category last year, hit 374 with 16 home runs and 68 RBIs. Named to the Golden Spikes Award preseason watch list earlier today. Talk about the advantage that Matt Deggs has as an offensive-minded guy, like you mentioned, to have a, a player with that much experience and that much of a resume to return to your program. Yeah, I mean, his his athletic ability alone is going to get him drafted really high. And, you know, if he performs like he did last year, um, he is somebody that he probably won't win the Golden Spikes, but he'll make it down to the quarterfinals and the semifinals. Um, but, I mean, his, his name up there is something that I know scouts are really, like, eye-popping about. Um, you know, you got him and Kyle DeBars, who's also a stud. Um, Julian Brock's coming back as well. Um, there's there's some legitimate star power in this lineup that uh, that I think the Raging Cajuns, as long as they can, you know, compete every single week in this tough Sun Belt Conference, I mean, they they should be pretty much a lock to get into this uh, NCAA tournament at the end of the year. You brought up Julian Brock, which is a, an interesting topic because you look at Julian in the year that he had last year, and he was he was viewed as one of the top defensive catchers maybe in America. And at, at least around the Cajun fan base, it was widely believed that he wasn't going to return. Because whether he got drafted or not, he was going to get signed somewhere, and it was just going to be a deal that he couldn't refuse, go to minor leagues, blah, blah, blah. Well, then you found out that he was going to return. How big is that? And you know, I, I, I keep wording the question that way, but really that's the only way I can think of saying it. How important is it for that guy to be back behind the dish for the Cajuns this year. Yeah, I mean, anytime that you have a guy that's that experienced behind the plate, gets another year to learn the system and the uh, the, the pitching rotation, uh, I mean, he's going to act as an anchor back there. And, of course, he's already built such a big reputation that teams aren't going to try to take extra bases on him. Uh, so you can limit the damage there for, for possible big innings. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's a big leader in the clubhouse, too, just a, a guy that plays the game the right way and is very coachable. And it was probably, in my opinion, the best move for him to come back to you know develop one more year as a hitter and see where he takes off in the draft for uh, this upcoming year. You know, you talked about the transfers a little bit ago from TCU, Florida State, places like that. Who are some transfers on this team that have really stood out to you preparing for the 2023 season? Yeah, I mean, the first name that comes to mind is Tommy Ray. Um, I mean, he's from TCU. Um, he was somebody that out of high school was, was heavily recruited. Um, just because he's he's got a little extra giddy up on the fastball, uh, he can miss barrels really well. Um, now I believe he was hurt last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, maybe he pitched a little bit actually. Um, but yeah, I mean he's he's kind of the first guy that I think can take that you know the heavy innings role for this team. Uh, maybe those leverage innings, middle of the you know sixth, seventh, eighth, possibly even the ninth inning for him. Um, I mean, I really like what I like. I like his stuff a lot. Jackson Naza is another guy that people have brought up from Florida State. Uh, another guy that could step in and probably eat up a lot of innings for this pitching staff. You know, that's going to be the biggest question mark because, like you mentioned, you saw the offense last year. Most of that offense is back. The kryptonite for this team was on the mound, and and I think it's going to be more of the same this year, Ben. Yeah, I mean, we go back to last year's regional at Texas A and M. If they would have had just, if they would have just gotten a few more crucial outs on the mound, 
I mean, heck, they might have won that regional and, and, and found themselves in a super regional because they were hanging in there with, with everybody with their bats. Um, but, I mean, this – so I think it was 2014. It might have been 2015. When did when did the Raging Cajuns host that regional? Because they had that um, that one season. I think it got close to 50 wins. I mean, this could yeah, that was, that was 2014. be the for this team this year. Yeah, that was that was 2014. They had the the regional, and then they ended up having the super regional here as well with Ole Miss. With Ole Miss, man, that was such a good time. The, the, I mean, hosting a super regional against Ole Miss, I remember that crowd was absolutely electric. Chatting with Ben Upton, host of 11.7. Now, you know, let's take a look at their schedule. They start the season with Rice in, in a three-game set. Normally a pretty good baseball program, but the last two years or so, Ben, they, they've kind of stepped off a little bit. And then your home opener is a four-game set with BYU, kicking it off uh, pretty strong so so far in 2023. Right, yeah. And, and Rice should be a lot better this year than they have been the last two years. And there was like that, that big gap from their success up until now, um, coaching changes. And um, I mean, it just things weren't the same as the rice out tradition that they had in the nineties and early two thousands. Um, but they should be a lot better this year. Now I think the Cajuns should possibly sweep that series just because I think they're going to be a lot better than rice early in the year. Um, but BYU is going to be tough. Um, BYU has a lot of guys on the mound this year that are mid to upper nineties. Um, I mean, they have a lot of just skilled, raw talent players there uh, that we saw a little bit last year when they played uh, against the University of Texas. Um, so, I don't know. That series could be a toss-up for me. Um, and uh, BYU is another sleeper that I have this year, like a mid-major program that can make a deep run in the, in the postseason. I like their team a lot. And then, you know, looking at conference, obviously Southern Miss, South Alabama, are always Texas State as well, always going to be up near the top of the conference. But looking at the newcomers, Southern Miss, James Madison, and Marshall are going to be the three newcomers that the Cajuns face this season. What can you tell us about those three programs? Well, I mean, Southern Miss is definitely on a tier of their own out of those three. Southern Miss is a legitimate national championship contender. Um, I know they lost one of their best pitchers to the transfer portal, uh, Hurston Waldrop, but they've gotten to the point now where they, they just reload every year. And they, they return, I think, seven starters in their offensive lineup uh, and also have gotten some cre- key, crucial uh, transfer portal guys as well. Um, and I, I think Southern Miss probably ends up winning the conference, if I had to make a guess. Um, I would say either them or maybe Georgia Southern because Georgia Southern is loaded again this year. Um, but Marshall and James Madison, they're both – developing a baseball program now. They've always had a team turning into more of a program with newer stadiums, uh, more player development stuff. So I think they're still three or four years behind, um, you know, the rest of the teams in the conference as far as, you know, investing in baseball. Is it possible that you could see a a four or maybe a five-bid league for the Sunbelt Conference this year? Yeah, you know, I actually went on a uh, Louisiana Tech radio show earlier today um, and, you know, we were talking Conference USA, Sunbelt, and I counted out the teams, and I, I think the Sunbelt's going to end up getting five. Um, you know, between Southern Miss, Georgia Southern, Louisiana, Texas State, I think those four are a lock, and then I think you can look at teams like South Al, Troy, Old Dominion, um, you know, some, some of those players that I, I mean, some of those teams 
that I think have a, enough players to be really competitive in the non-conference and in the conference. So I, it wouldn't surprise me to see five teams out of this league. Ben Upton joining us here on Crunch Time, podcast host of 11.7. Ben, appreciate your time as always. Next Friday, we have games to preview. I'm excited. Yeah, this time, a week from today, we'll be right smack dab in the middle of uh, of some games going on. We got yeah. games starting, I think, at 11 a.m., so yeah. it's going to be a good one. Absolutely, Ben. Appreciate your time, man. Yeah, thanks. Have a good one. And there he goes, Ben Upton, the host of 11.7. Once again, college baseball kicks off next Friday. The Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns will travel to Houston to take on Rice. We'll take a timeout, wrap up hour number one right after this. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. It's another two-for-one deals from AcadianaDeals.com. Today, get two $20 vouchers to Dickie's Barbecue Pit for only $20. $40 in vouchers for half the price, and I heard that they're running low. So head to AcadianaDeals.com and snag one now before it's too late. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Who's winning Super Bowl 57? Why don't you let us know? You can check it out. Go vote on our Twitter poll. Go vote on our Facebook poll. Or you can just call the show. We've got a couple more segments left in the show before we... Get out of here at 6 o'clock. Looking at it, the Chiefs still leading 51% compared to the Eagles, 49 Speaking of the Eagles, though, they played a 49er team just a couple weeks ago in the NFC Championship game. And Matt, quite a few of the players had some interesting things to say about the Eagles. Did they? And their players. Did they? One of them was Debo, and he said, Debo Samuel said, the Eagles defense is going to get exposed. CMC said that he hopes that both teams lose, but that's kind of more standard. It's like, I mean, you're just salty. You're like, whatever, I just hope they both lose. Brandon Ayuk said he bet all his money on the Chiefs. Jimmy Ward said that A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith will, quote-unquote, pay. And then Robbie Gold doesn't think that Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. A lot of interesting comments from some losers pretty recently. That just sounds like a bunch of whiners. Childish. The San, that the, sounds the San like. Francisco whiners. Uh, that sounds pretty childish. There was a comment because I had seen the post on Instagram during the commercial break, and one of, someone had said, "Because you know how their thing is like bang bang Niner gang." Mm-hmm. Someone said, "Bang bang lost another championship game." Oh Oof. no. A lot, of, a lot of salt coming for 49ers, but are you, are you surprised? No. No, not surprised? Because, I mean, why why would you be? The Niners are one of the most hated franchises in the NFL. So any time that they fall short like they have, then, yeah, they're going to get attacked like this. So, no, I'm not surprised at all. But what I, what I think that that is is just... And a, lo- a lot of people make the excuse of... Why? A lot of people make the excuse, and it continues to the whining. But a lot of people are making the excuse for the 49ers like, oh, you played dirty, you injured Brock Purdy, 
so the 49ers didn't have a quarterback, and that's why you won. What do you think about that? The only so they're saying that the only reason that the Niners won, no, or the, that the, the Niners, Eagles won. The Eagles. The only reason the Eagles won was because they injured Brock Purdy. So then, uh, Josh Johnson had to come into the game. As high as I have been on not only Brock Purdy but the Niners as well, I don't think Brock Purdy makes up the thirty-one points or twenty-four points, whatever it was. The the game was the difference. So I think that's crazy. Yeah. I think that's crazy. Look, I get the idea of you being upset that you didn't make the Super Bowl. I get it. I get it. That's your goal every year. When you fall short, it's upsetting. I get it. However, you don't have to go and be a whiny little child about it. See, I heard I heard on Jim Rome earlier, Jordan, Jordan Poyer uh-huh. was getting interviewed by Jim Rome. And he was like, you know, you're you're here on the Friday of Super Bowl week. Are you staying for the game? And Jordan Poirier said, no, I'm, I'm not watching that. And I just thought that was kind of interesting. I don't necessarily blame you because it's like if if you made it to the playoffs, but you're not super invested in any other team. Is that other if you're if you're not enjoying it, then it's like eh, I don't, I'm not in the Super Bowl. I don't really have any dogs because like if you're a Bills player or whatever, if you're Jordan Poyer and you don't have any friends or family playing for either the Eagles or Chiefs, then it's kind of like eh, I'm whatever. I'll I'm gonna go do something yeah, else. And, and, uh, and I'm gonna I go hang out with my hot wife. I, I don't disagree with that, but I just feel like when you're when you especially when you get to that level. Even when you don't have a dog in the fight, you just appreciate good football. It doesn't mean you can't watch it back, but it's like going going to going to do something else that Sunday night. It's like to me, it's not the worst thing in the world because if you're a football player, what are you doing like ninety percent of your day? You're supposed to be looking at film or working out for football or practicing football or playing football. Yeah, so it's like. It kind of feels like at a certain point you've been worried about football for the last six months. And it's like it's a Super Bowl, but it's like, all right, I'm not yeah, in I, it. I don't have I a dog. It. It's like, whatever. I get it. But it's like for the 49ers players to throw some salty comments, being like A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Because Jimmy Ward, like he was on an Instagram Live and he had said, he's like, I'm not going to say this, but it's like, I'm going to be moving back to safety next year. And Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown better watch out. It's like, oh, excuse me. Yeah, it's that. That's a, that's very that, that's petty. That's way too far. Uh, some of the other ones, I, I, I don't. Um, yeah, but that's that's way too far. Um, looking, see, CMC's is like whatever because it's like every, everyone says that mostly as a joke. So I wouldn't be surprised with that one. But it's like I didn't hear the tone, and the tone really matters a lot with these type of with these type of comments. Yeah. Because if you just read it blank face, you could interpret it whatever way you want. But if you hear the tone in their voice, it would make it a lot different. But just kind of reading it off, it's like, excuse me? So looking at some top stories today, the LSU Board of Supervisors has approved the naming of Dale Brown slash Sue Gunter Court. However, it is not officially approved. Because it was approved today by the academic committee. Now it has to go before the entire 
LSU Board of Supervisors before it will be approved. But if it is approved, it will be the Dale Brown slash Sue Gunter court. I, I, I guess. Don't, I don't know the entirety of the logistics, but hearing Jordy's take on it, like, why don't when the men play, it's the Dale Brown court. Yeah. And when it's the women playing, you just make the switch on that part of the court and you just change it to Sue Gunter court. The the thing the I thing that I when I look at this story, the thing that I ask is you voted on this exact thing two years ago. Same story. We want to honor Sue Gunter. We want to have it be named both blah blah blah. It was ruled that it was going to be Dale Brown Court. What changed in two years? What happened to where people are like, oh, you know, maybe now we'll have a change of heart? Because the people that are approving the name to be changed are the same people that voted against it two years ago. So it just, and obviously it's it's politics, right? There, there's always going to be something that changes. But I just don't understand how you could be so adamantly against something two years ago and now be, oh, well, you know, maybe we should look at it. Like, uh, okay, who who stuffed money in your back pocket? Who went under the table? Right, like, what? Whatever. I don't. I don't agree with it. But at at the end of the day, it's the name of a court. I think naming things after people's kind of wild anyway. But our number one in the books. Our number two. We're gonna kick it off with our guy Jake Crane. Jake's takes Super Bowl edition right here on Crunch Time. You're listening to the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's our number two of your Friday edition of Crunch Time. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, Jake Crane sitting on the game hotline before we get to him, though. Breaking news for the world champion Houston Astros, Christian Javier has been extended for five more years in H-Town. The deal will be five years, $64 million, with a $2 million signing bonus and no team options. Huge get for the Astros, who lock up their 25-year-old pitcher for the next five years. The kids call that saucy. The game hotline's 337-706-0111. Let's go there now, Jake Crane, my guy. What's going on? Uh, gentlemen, uh, not doing as good as uh, Javier is right now, but uh, doing pretty good. It's Friday. Yeah, I mean, could could you be doing poorly if you signed a piece of paper that paid you $64 million over the next five years? No, no, I, I don't think so. Um, I, I don't know. Somebody... Uh, my brother could probably find a way, but uh, no. In, in reality, there's there's no way. I'll be the ha- I'll open the door for everybody. Like I'll be the most polite, probably like Mister Deeds. 
I I could I could picture you being a Mr. Deeds type. Well, look, I'm a giver. What can I say? So let's start. You know, we go all the way back to Sunday. You know, Kyrie Irving getting traded to the Dallas Mavericks. Looking on on the surface of that deal, it didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense because Kyrie and Luca are both ball dominant players. But Wednesday night, the Mavs got a win, and Kyrie played pretty well. Yeah, well, look, I mean, Kyrie's shown you he can win without being ball dominant. Look what what he did with LeBron. I mean, why do you think LeBron and Westbrook didn't work out? Because they both have to have the ball to do what they do. It's just oil and water. D. Wade and LeBron both were able to play off the ball. Westbrook can't score off the ball. I don't know if anybody's been able to figure that out yet, but he's not an off-the-ball scorer. Dwayne Wade could score off the ball. LeBron could score off the ball. Uh, So there's, there's some parallels that Kyrie's played with a guy that is ball dominant. And, and look, I mean, the Mavericks hadn't won a game that Luka uh, didn't play in before Kyrie got there, and they won one without Luka playing with Kyrie there. But offense isn't the Mavericks' problem. Like, it's not – offense isn't the problem. It's defense. Last year, I think they were, they were pretty underrated defensively. I mean, Brudson uh, played bigger than he was on defense, but this Mavs team defensively is in the bottom half of the league. And if you can't stop people in this loaded Western Conference, you're not going to survive. And then continuing in the loaded Western Conference, Kevin Durant returned to the Western Conference in a massive deal with the Phoenix Suns. D-Book, Durant, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. The Suns might be the scariest team in the NBA. Well, they better do something because they sold the farm for this one. I mean, you, you you give up what you gave from a player standpoint, then you give up four picks, four first round picks, it better work out, like Russell Wilson in, in Denver. It better work out. Uh, I just don't. I, I just believe Kevin Durant causes problems. He was able to win a couple championships with the Warriors because their culture was so good, and they ended up running him out of town. At some point, like it, it'll, it always starts out going good, right? Everybody's happy. I love it here, man. Phoenix for life. Next chapter. And then when it starts going bad, Kevin Durant blames everybody but Kevin Durant because when you sign Kevin Durant. It becomes about Kevin Durant, not the organization. That's why I'm glad the Celtics didn't sign him. So I, I don't think Phoenix is going to win it. I mean, there'll be Durant, nights where Durant goes crazy, uh, but he's just toxic. Name one place that Kevin Durant's left where, where it hasn't you know, either not worked out or been on bad terms. You can't name one because that place doesn't exist. Could say the same thing about LeBron James, no? I mean, yeah, but... I think it's so so different because while Kevin Durant's an unbelievable player, I mean, LeBron James, you can argue, is the greatest player ever, and he's won rings with multiple teams. He gave his hometown a ring. I just think there's there's kind of more circumstances where LeBron's come through than, than Kevin Durant. Going to the NFL now, we, you brought up Russell Wilson in Denver. Do you think he resurrects under his new coach, Sean Payton? I don't know, man. The more I find out about Russell Wilson, the less I like this guy. I mean, just kind of the the faker he get uh, the faker he gets. I mean, you look at at the situation where you know he basically had his own wing of the organization that that was you know his guys, the quarterback coaches, and all this. Sean Payton was like, "Yeah, y'all y'all can get out. Bring me your playbook." Uh, I just I I don't. What what do we mean by like do it like win a Super Bowl? Are you asking? Do I think Russell Wilson and Sean Payton are going to win a Super Bowl? No. But the best part about Sean Payton's deal is he's not tied to Russell Wilson. If the Russell Wilson situation works out, then Sean Payton, he's the Caesar Milan of quarterbacks, just whispering his way to success. 
And if it doesn't work out, it wasn't Sean Payton's idea to bring Russell Wilson in here. Russell Wilson's the problem. So uh, Sean Payton, the only reason he took the Broncos job was because of longevity, and he's not tied to Russell Wilson. Chatting with Jake Crane, Tom Brady officially filed his retirement paperwork. So, you know, that that generation of quarterback is is officially gone now. Uh, What what are your thoughts on, on that group now being gone? Well, you know, I feel like there should be like Sarah McLaughlin music playing, like as the papers are filed, like you see on those commercials about animals. But look, it is sad. Tom Brady, uh, greatest champion we've ever seen in the NFL. Uh, and, and you look at the other guys who are kind of, you know, that, that whole class that you mentioned. You look at, you know, Matt Ryan's on the downturn. Not saying that Tom Brady and Matt Ryan are the same, but on that other token, there are some incredible young quarterbacks in the NFL right now. I mean, it is loaded, and it seems like they're only getting better coming into the league. And I think Patrick Mahomes will have a chance to get close to what Tom has done if they can keep that band together there and that core together there. But, yeah, I think he's done for real. Now he's going to go be super rich at Fox and, you know, hang out with, like, the the best-looking women there's ever been. So, I mean, tough life. Right, right, no kidding. Now, you know, looking at – the Super Bowl this weekend, the Eagles and the Chiefs. You talked about the great young quarterbacks. This one's going to feature two of them. What yeah. are your thoughts You know, on the matchup? Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, both of them a little injured. How do you think that factors into this game? Well, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, but Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback that plays on the best and most complete team in the league. I, I mean, I always talk about the game being won and lost up front. The Eagles have the advantage on both sides of the ball. I talk about complementary football being king. The Eagles are, are more balanced than Sunni Lee. Uh, here's the situation. The Eagles just have to play well. If they play well, Mahomes will keep the Chiefs in the game with some great plays. But over time, over four quarters, the Eagles are just a better team. That's why I got them 34-27. Looking at the two defenses, obviously the, the Chiefs have had a strong defense throughout the year, but the Eagles, Hassan Reddick, Fletcher Cox, you go to the yeah. secondary, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, James Bradbury, Darius Slay. This is a scary group that Philly's put together. How do Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes exploit that? Well, you know, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy are two of the best. I mean, one of their strengths is the modified run game or the quick passing game to try and keep them on schedule, especially if the run game's not working early. They find a way to get in second and six and second and four uh, so they don't get caught in third and long too much. And when they do, Patrick sometimes can bail them out uh, when he puts the cape on. But, um, you know, when it, when it comes down to solving what Philadelphia does on defense, uh, Andy Reid and them, they're going to try and out-formation you. They're going to try and out-leverage you. They're going to use those pick routes. They're going to use those rub routes. I'm more interested to see you know, if they're able to have the success they normally do in the red zone because what they do in that modified run game translates in, into the red zone as well uh, when the field shrinks and, and you have to play the, the defense can play you a little bit tighter and play you a little bit different. So uh, if anybody can do it, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes can. But you know, over the course of four quarters, I just don't think it'll be enough. What prop bets are you looking at for this uh, Super Bowl matchup? Well, you know, I said thirty-four twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. I, I put I put that exact score. I think it was plus seven thousand odds. Uh, I got that bet in already. I've got one on uh, the, there to be a walk-off field goal that I think was at uh, like plus uh, eleven hundred something like that. I like that bet. Uh, its exact score doesn't hit. I, I'm not going to bet like the coin flipping stuff. I want to bet something's going to happen on the field. You know, I got feeling if a field goal hits the upright or the crossbar, I think it's like plus 450. So those are a couple I'm looking at. I like the over. 
uh, if we're talking about just straight up, uh, 50 and a half. Um, so there's some good bets out there. We're going to be live betting. We're going to live stream the Super Bowl. So if you want to just turn the volume down and watch it with us, uh, we're going to be live betting and, and kind of did what we did for uh, do what we did for the national championship game. Over under national anthem longer than a minute fifteen. Chris Stapleton singing it. Yeah, Southern got a draw. That's going to add up in the oh, end. Probably Give over, the over. Huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Who wins? Eagles, thirty-four to twenty-seven. Who's your MVP? Because mm. I've heard my a lot MVP, of people. I've heard a lot MVP of people say Kenneth Gainwell. No, nah, man, I, I'm not feeling that. I'm gonna. My MVP is going to be AJ Brown. AJ Brown. All right. How many? Uh, how many interceptions do you see in this game? I think each team does at least one. Jake Crane joining us here. On the game hotline, Jake College Baseball getting ready to start. Yeah. You, you, you got an early yeah, favor for a national I championship pick? And you can bet on it now, too. Right. You got an early favor for a national champion? Oh, surprise, LSU. Just throw it. Hashtag just throw it. Jake Crane, appreciate you, buddy. We'll do it again next week. All right, brother. Sounds good. See you And there he goes. Jake Crane, host of Crane and Company. <laughs> early pick for a national champion. LSU, just throw it. <laughs> what? What does that even mean? The game hotline is 337-706-0111. We told you that we would update you on the Louisiana Raging Cajun softball game as it took place. They didn't start until 5 o'clock instead of 4.30. Uh, the first game of the Louisiana Classics tournament ran a little long. But Sam Landry took the mound, James. She threw... 12 pitches, three strikeouts. So Cajuns coming to bat now in the bottom of the first top 20 team in the country, and they're leading off with a freshman in Maya Davis. We'll, uh, we'll update you in what happens in this game as it takes place throughout the remainder of today's show. We'll take a timeout when we return. Hear from Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts ahead of Super Bowl 57 right here on The Game. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game is throwing you something far better than cheap plastic beads. This Mardi Gras score a $500 Visa gift card. Download the game's app, enter the Mardi Gras Moolah sweepstakes, and you'll be on your way to winning a $500 Visa gift card. Download the app, win money. It's that simple, and it's all from the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Let your voice be heard. Hello. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111 and speak your mind. Hello. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 518. We've got a good feeling about this Friday. Welcome back to Crunch Time. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Give us a call on the game hotline. 337-706-0111. Score update from Lampson Park. Cajuns leading 1-0 in the bottom of the first. Maya Davis, the freshman, gets walked. Steals second. Steals third. And then gets sent home on an infield single by Maddie Hayden to take the one nothing lead in the bottom of the first. And again, we will keep you updated. RP3, the big, bald, and beautiful one, is at Lampson Park. 
So following the game, catch his video recap on our YouTube channel. Speaking of our YouTube channel, if you haven't subscribed to it yet, it's at the game Louisiana on YouTube. We're putting up great content constantly, and we are looking forward to bringing you even more great content on our YouTube page. So once again, at the game Louisiana on YouTube. You'll also be able to see RP3's uh, three big things. Yes, Super you will. Bowl edition. He he posted a big three things today uh, on on Super Bowl Fifty Seven. So definitely check that out if you use YouTube, have YouTube, things like that. Uh, once again, at the game Louisiana. And then, in case you had missed what happened this morning, Hannah Five Names, the former producer. Play a little prank on one Kevin Foot. Oh, it was so funny. <laughs> so if if you listen to Footnotes, he's talked for weeks now. The one thing he didn't want to see was Lamar Jackson get traded to Atlanta. So Hannah, being the social media savant that she is, photoshopped a fake Falcons tweet welcoming Lamar Jackson to Atlanta for two first-round picks from Baltimore. And I thought Kevin Foote was going to have a stroke. I I really thought he was going to have a stroke. And then they told him that it was fake, and he kind of sits there and goes, why would you do that to me? I felt so bad for him. Why would you do that to me? Foote does not deserve that. he, he He was so upset. But he even said that he and Hannah weren't even friends anymore. I think I think on <laughs> I think on Foot's like hate list it goes Falcons, cheaters, five names, oh cheaters, oh five names is above the cheaters. Oh man, oh she, man, she did them dirty with that one. She's in a league of her own. Wow, she's up there. She's oh. on the podium. Super Bowl 57 is this Sunday. Yesterday, you heard from Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Today, we hear from Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts. Nick Sirianni spoke with the media about his message to the team for this week. Just being locked into the to the scenario to the situation that we're in and uh, going through the same routine that we go through, uh, whether if we're in, uh, you know at Novacare. Um, so that was that was the big part of it was just talking about the distractions that that are um, that are here that can be here um, how it's a little bit different and how we just need to go about our business like we have been uh, for the past twenty weeks. You know, we we just updated you on Raging Cajun softball. It was one nothing. It is now five to nothing. Alexa Langliers hits a two-run home run. Jordan Campbell gets on base. And then Sophie Piscos drives home another two-run homer. It is now 5 to nothing in the bottom of the first in Lampson Park. I have a feeling that this game is going to get ugly very, very quickly. Uh, again, playing all weekend at Lampson Park. So if you have the opportunity to get out there and catch this top 25 softball team, Definitely do so. LSU playing in Baton Rouge this weekend as well. Jalen Hurts also spoke with the media and he touched on situational football. What about this team was special and so much more. We'll get to that in just a second. Let's go to the hotline now. T, what's going on? Oh, not too much in you, Mr. Matt. Oh, man, I'm looking forward to the weekend. Oh, you and I both. Um, 
my my beef a little bit is about uh what's what's gonna be next? Will we uh rename the PMAC? Oh God. I don't know. Uh, well, well. I mean, your 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 point. Simone Augustus. Your your point is understood. Yes. Um. I don't. I don't know. I I don't agree with the renaming of the court, but because and and I'll give Jordy credit. He brought up a good point. Let it be Dale Brown Court when the men play, and then let it be Sue Gunter Court when the women play. Agreed. I think that's fair. That's fair. But they just did this, I mean, two years, two ago. years ago. You you gave the man something that he accomplished and deserved, and then now you, wait, hold on. Um, we're not being politically correct. We need a woman, or and don't, I don't want to hear anybody come back on me on this because I'm not, you know, that type of guy. I think women deserve everything in the world. Uh, but th- this is th- – there's got to be another solution to this. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I've heard people say rename the locker room. Name the locker room after her. Or, you know yeah. – Someone's at the scoreboard. There's there's ways there, there's ways to do this where you don't have to change what's already been done. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Well, look, man. Love y'all show, man. Y'all keep up the good work, and uh, have a great weekend. T, appreciate you, man. You as well. All right, buddy. So getting back to the Super Bowl now, Jalen Hurts was asked, what about this team made you think that you could make a Super Bowl? Just just coming out here and being you know, being consistent, uh, playing at a high level and playing together. You know, I feel like there's a ton of value in repetition, getting experience, and learning being able to learn from those mistakes. So I think we've grown in a ton of different areas and, you know, we have opportunity to be, you know, play, play for the, play for the championship. Jalen Hurts was also asked about the defense that he would be facing on Sunday in the Kansas city chiefs. And I think they're really good. I think they're a really good football team. I think uh, defensively, you know, you, I feel like, I feel like they're really good at every position. I feel like they fly to the ball. The front seven is very disruptive. Uh, 95, he's a <laughs> he's a problem, you know, and uh, we, we have to really be, we have to be ready to play really clean football, uh, execute, and, um, you know, we got to play our best, you know, we got to play our best game. Nick Sirianni also spoke about his top two wide receivers in A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith competing with one another for the top spot in the rotation. I think they've been uh, just helping each other this year get better. You know, um, I don't, I, won't, I don't want to say they, like, they're happy for each other when they make plays. Um, you know, there's that 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 little bubble that we threw in the in the Giants game that AJ, you know, that AJ uh, leads the way for a touchdown, and then they're celebrating with each other, and they know that they help each other, right? That if you if you try to take AJ away, Devontae's going to have a big game, and vice versa. And so I don't want to say they're, I mean. Maybe they're maybe they're playing ping pong or doing stuff like that where I don't see them, uh, but I, I do see them just trying to help each other out and and really being happy for each other's success. I know it started off a little a little different against um, uh, 
Detroit where AJ had the huge game and Devontae didn't have any catches in that game. Um, but they just kept going back to work. We knew we'd need both of them to, to be in this moment right now. And uh, they're, they're truly sharpening each other. Their iron, iron is sharpening iron there. They're, they're, they're sharpening each other, um, helping each other get better. And because they are the players that they are, you know, they, you know it's hard for defenses to try to, to key and take away one guy. Which of difference makers can Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown be? in this matchup with Kansas City, in your opinion? You know, looking at the at the matchup with the Chiefs secondary, A.J. Brown coming in on draft day into Philly, having a great first year. Devontae Smith, you know what he can do as that number two receiver would probably be a number one for most teams in the, in the league. Um, how big of an impact can they have on this game? I think... They're going to have to come up big because I think William Gay, he's he's probably going to guard Dallas Goddard a good bit, but I'm looking at the secondary, more specifically the corners. Legere Sneed, pretty solid corner for them. He's made a lot of good plays. And then Trent McDuffie, he's a young buck. He's still trying to kind yeah. of earn his stripes, I guess you could say. They're solid corners, but they're not necessarily guys that I look at and I'm like, oh, no they're going to take away AJ and Devontae. They, they may be able to they may be able to take away one and they may they may look at at Devontae Smith and be like you've gone off the, this postseason. We're going to care more about you and then that's going to leave opportunities open for AJ Brown which to me he's been pretty silent. He's had 3 and 4 catches for under 50 yards both times and has yet to reach pay dirt. So to me it's like this almost feels like A.J. Brown is way overdue for a big game. If you had to pick one X factor from each team that could truly make a difference in this game, I'm going. I'm going in the trenches. And for me, Eagles-wise, I don't think it's necessarily one guy. I'm looking at the whole position group of kind of the defensive line. I had mentioned it before whenever they were going against the 49ers two weeks ago. I thought the interior was really where it was going to hit home, but it was Hassan Reddick that came up big. I think you may see it's it's weird because Kansas City they run more two tight end sets so you may see Travis Kelsey hit Hassan Reddick kind of throw him off same thing with Noah Gray they may go hit Hassan Reddick to throw him off course a little bit because if he goes on the other side well he's got to deal with Orlando Brown one of the best left tackles in the league correct so I kind of look at again not just the interior or the edge rushers but as a whole because that's one hell of a rotation by Philly. Who wins? For me, I'm going to have to go with the Eagles. Really? I've I've rolled with the Eagles since week one, and even before. I, had, I, I said that I believe that they have a really good chance of making the Super Bowl and even winning it depending on how it goes. If it becomes really close and it comes down to a one-score game late and Kansas City has the ball, well then, in my eyes at that point, I believe in Patrick Mahomes to make the last-minute play more than Jalen Hurts. But I think overall with that team, the supporting cast, I like the receivers better than the Chiefs. I like the offensive line. I like the defensive line. I like their linebackers. I like their secondary. Like overall, I just like the Eagles as a team more. If they don't have to put Jalen Hurts in a precarious situation, because if he was healthier, I'd feel a little bit better. But if it comes down to it and Jalen Hurts has to score, help score a touchdown, I'm a little bit more worried. Yeah. 
that's why to me i'm gonna take the eagles because i feel like that's a little too much for them. people say that the chief or the eagles haven't like beaten anybody yet they haven't played anyone i was like we were talking about the giants all of a sudden being crazy good because they upset the vikings but then they they make them look silly the eagles make the giants look silly in the division round and then because of an injury to brock purdy all of a sudden it was like well you didn't play anybody are you sure you were talking all kinds of you were talking everybody up but as soon as you play philly it's like there are nobodies yeah i don't i don't know that they've played nobody i just i've always thought that they were a little overrated and maybe easily exposed but the defense has kind of proved me wrong um but look in this game i think the experience of patrick mahomes and the experience of Andy Reid is going to be the difference. Because when you get to a stage like this, experience is huge. It is. It, it's not to be taken lightly. I agree. And neither Jalen Hurts or Nick Sirianni have, have been to this, this stage. So I think, I think that proves key. I think it's a close game for three and a half quarters. And in the end, Patrick Mahomes just finds a way to win it. And... And I don't, I don't fault you for that at all. I just know, looking at Jalen Hurts, he's had experience of going to championship games. Yep. So he knows what it's like to have to be there in the big lights and try to perform. We'll take a timeout. Brian Mitchell, former Cajuns legend and Super Bowl champion with the Washington Redskins, joins us next here on Crunch Time. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Football fans, FanDuel has the perfect way for everyone to get in on Super Bowl 57 action with a no-sweat same-game parlay. That means everyone gets bonus bets back if your Super Bowl same-game parlay doesn't hit. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you already have an account. Same-game parlays let you combine all your favorite bets for a chance at a bigger payday. So start building your own or just bet a popular same-game parlay already made for you in America's number one sportsbook. I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes to have at least 25, 225 passing yards, A.J. Brown to have an anytime touchdown, and then Jalen Hurts to rush for at least 25 yards. If you're new to FanDuel, sign up with promo code KLWB and download the app. Either way, you'll get bonus bets back if your no-sweat same-game parlay doesn't hit. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted, permitted, permitted parishes only. Three-plus leg, minimum $1 bet required. Refund issued is novel droppable bonus bets that expire seven days after the receipt. Max bonus $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Very few players ever make it to the National Football League. With the first pick... Even fewer make it to the league's grandest stage. The Cincinnati Bengals, they are going to the Super Bowl. This next guest is someone who accomplished both. Time for Super Bowl Spotlight here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Super Bowl Spotlight, final one of the week. Brian Mitchell, former Cajuns legend, won a Super Bowl with the Washington Redskins in 1992, and he is now hosting a sports radio show up in D.C. for 106.7 The Fan. Brian, thank you for taking the time, man. How are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? Uh, doing well, doing well. So let's start you know, with your Cajuns career. 
talk about your time here in Lafayette. Numbers now retired at Cajun Field. You're a member of the Cajuns Hall of Fame. Just kind of recap your, your college career at Louisiana for us. Well, you know, it was a team that gave me an opportunity, a school that gave me an opportunity to be both a student and an athlete. You know, uh, I was being recruited very much as a chemical engineer student. Uh, then Coach Sophie came in and Coach Don Jones, who was my coach in college, ends up coming there and uh, I ended up going to the school. And, you know, I'd say it's the best choice that ever made in my life because they allowed me to grow, you know, as a young man, you know, as a, a human being, as an athlete. And I think uh, my career there, was was just as good as it could possibly be. You know, I, I have no complaints about it whatsoever. And then you go on to get drafted in the fifth round of the 1990 NFL draft by Washington. Spent nine years there, then went to Philly before ending your career with the New York Giants back in 2003. Fourteen years in the NFL. It's a career pretty well lived, I would say. Oh yeah, uh, you know it's the thing about it. one thing. My mom and dad taught was work ethic and. Uh, when I got into the league, it wasn't I wasn't satisfied satisfied with just being there. I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to try to make an impact. And you know, people didn't give uh, special teams players a lot of credit or anything like that. But once I got there, uh, myself and Mel Gray, we talked about it. And I think when you look at games today, you know, if you don't have a strong special team, you know, you're probably going to lose the football game. So we just felt we had to go out there and make it an important uh, aspect of the game. 13 total special teams touchdowns in your career. You know, you, you kind of did a little bit of it all, running back, receiver, special teams guy. Uh, what, what was it like being, you know, Mr. Reliable and doing just about anything you could for, for your teams? Well, you know, it's that pride, you know, that Louisiana pride. You know, growing up in Plaquemine and then coming to Lafayette, and uh, we all believe in working hard. You know, people from the South, I just think, do it a little differently than everybody else. And uh, people always always asking me what I consider myself – I said, I'm a football player. You know, you give me a position, you put me there, I'm going to do whatever I can. And I, I, I credit, you know, being there where Coach Stokely had us doing a rollout pass, uh, uh, option of the game, and then we would drop back. We would run the option. We did just about everything, and I always prided myself on being a smart enough person to be able to pick it all up. Looking at that Super Bowl back in 1992 when you took down Jim Kelly and the Buffalo Bills, Looking at that season, that 92 season where the Redskins went 17-2, and just talk about that season as a whole and, and what stands out to you even today about that 92 season. Well, I think we had a lot of veteran leadership on the team. Uh, myself being one of the younger guys coming in, we brought some youthfulness to those uh, the guys that were a little older than us. Uh, but you know what? They kept us straight. Uh, they explained to us what it was going to take, uh, the sacrifice and things of that nature. Monty Coleman would always discuss after every game that we were still 0-0, zero and zero, we got to win the game. At halftime, he'd say the same thing. And they just kept us uh, focused on what we needed to do. And you think about it, 1992, I still uh, <laughs> can live off of that Super Bowl. People still respect it. You know, they give you credit for it. They, they, they show you the love that they had and how you made them feel. And it's just like when you get a team win like that, you know, going all year, you know. That, that, you know, you did some, something great. When you can have that many people focused on the one real common goal, I think it's the greatest thing in sports. Chatting with Brian Mitchell here for Super Bowl Spotlight. Now looking at that Super Bowl matchup with the Bills, what do you remember most about not only the game, but just, you know, the experience, the week leading up to the game? Well, for me, I think for us um, with Washington, I don't know if you ever heard the story where we got so heated 
and so physical in practice that Coach Gibbs had to stop practice on Thursday. He said if we didn't stop practicing, we probably wouldn't want to have anybody to play. Mark Rippin got rolled up, you know, because the Buffalo Bills offensive – no, the defensive line coach called the, the Hogs, our offensive line, some fat pigs. And they came to work – they came to practice to play. And the defense, that they went back at them. But that showed me that we had some, a lot left in the tank. And there was no doubt in my mind we got on that football field – you know, they were a good team all year, but they won't have a chance in hell of beating us because uh, just the way I saw us practicing, that physicalness in the game which is exactly what we did once we played them, and we just overtook them. Now, you know, looking back at, at your entire NFL career, uh, you know, what kind of lessons can can do you still use today, still being in D.C., still following the commanders now? Uh, you know, w- what do you what do you remember most from your entire career? Well, for my career, it's about you know you, you get out of what you get out of anything that you put into it. You know, if you want to be successful, you got to put a lot of work into it. You know, my dad told me I was a mentor and I could do anything I wanted to do, but I had to be willing to do the, do the work. And I feel that same way now in the media as I've always done. You know, I, I research. I, I I don't just rest on what I do. You got to figure out new things, new ways of doing it. You know, I was a guy where I didn't care nothing about social media, and everybody's now teaching me what you have to do with that. So I try my best to always be up on the game and understand that whatever I'm trying to accomplish, i got to be willing to put all the work into it. Looking at this year's matchup, Brian, between the Eagles and the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, two of the top young quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on this matchup, and in your opinion, which quarterback prevails in that one? Well, I think when I look at this game, you know, you've got two very good teams, two very good offensive lines. Uh, we did a little thing on our show today talking about how evenly matched they are. They're both 16-3. and three. I think they both scored 546 points. They both have six uh, all-pros on their team. But ultimately it comes down to, you know, how, how is your overall team? I believe the Philadelphia Eagles are the better overall team. But Patrick Mahomes is a magician. You know, and uh, Andy Reid was my coach when I was in Philly, and different things can happen. But I just think that the strongest overall team seems to come out on top. And I think, uh, you know, it's not going to just come down to the actual quarterback. It's what, who has the most support once you get past the quarterback. Brian Mitchell, former Cajuns legend, now hosts a sports radio show in Washington, D.C. for 106.7 The Fan. Do you have a score prediction for the Super Bowl? I'm going to go with uh, – I forgot my score earlier today, but I think it's going to be a closer game than people think. But I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, although both of the defenses are good. I'm looking at about 31. Let's say 31-28. Brian, appreciate, you, appreciate your time as always. Enjoy the game this weekend, and uh, hopefully down the line we can have you on the show again. Hi, right, Matt. Take care of yourself, man. Go Cajuns. There he goes, Brian Mitchell. God, love the Go Cajuns at the end. That's awesome. Speaking of Raging Cajun softball, it is now eight to nothing in the bottom of the second. Runner on second with two outs. It's Cajun softball is back. That's all I'm gonna say. This is this is nothing out of the ordinary. They it, it feels like no matter who they play for the first 10, 15 games of the season, they just put it on. And they're just gonna keep on piling it on. And finding ways to run rule opponents, you know, fifteen to two, and so no surprise here. I kind of get a feeling that we may have a short game. Yeah, Ray's Ray's uh, gamer might be a little short. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna be out there tomorrow, but it's supposed to rain tomorrow, 
So I'm not sure how that's going to affect games if if it affect affects it at all. Because looking at the hourly radar, hourly forecast, it's supposed to clear up around three. I think the first game's at one. So they might just delay everything, play it maybe three and five. Because, I mean, there's lights on Lampson, so they can play night games. So they could just run late into the night if they had to. Um, so I'm interested to see how that's going to play out tomorrow. But uh, the other big thing for tomorrow is it's going to turn cold. Like 47 and windy cold. Yes. Ugh, no. Bad. Pa ball. No, no, no bueno. As long 47, I don't mind. It's the wind with the 47. That's that makes it feel like it's 27 and it's brutal. No, no, thank you. At least um, you'll be in the press box. True. That's very true. Before we take our final time out, James, your Celtics hosting the Charlotte Hornets tonight. What are your what are your thoughts on the matchup? I mean, every your your whole starting lineup's missing. Yeah, they're all injured. Uh, that makes it a little more tough. Oh, does it? Yeah, just a I, little bit. I, I didn't know that's how that worked. I know. It's crazy how that works. No, this one's going to be a lot closer than maybe I anticipated. Hornets could very easily get a win, but I still believe Boston can get come through. Boston's still a 10.5-point favorite. Mm-hmm. That's how you know you're good. Marcus Smart's out. Jalen Brown's out. Al Horford's out. Mm-hmm. The train keeps rolling, though. Hey. We just keep pushing forward. What do y'all do y'all have the do the Celtics have a song? They have a slogan? What's their what's their thing? Uh, uh, not, uh none that I really know of. Get out the garden. <laughs> they probably should. Get out the garden. Take a time out, wrap up today's show right after this. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game will be broadcasting not one, but two great events this Sunday. It all starts at 1 p.m. when the undefeated LSU women's basketball team travels to take on the undefeated defending national champion, South Carolina Gamecocks. After that clash on the hardwood, it'll be time for Super Bowl 57 live from Glendale, Arizona. Pre-game begins at 4 and kickoff between the Eagles and Chiefs is set for 5.30. Tune in this Sunday for two tremendous games right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans, Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Four minutes left until the weekend here on Crunch Time. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Who wins Super Bowl 57? Will it be the Chiefs or will it be the Eagles? So far, 52% say the Chiefs. 48% say the Eagles. James Mesh, I, I know you're on the fly Eagles fly train, but what's your score? My score prediction, I'm going to ultimately go with 31 okay. to 21. Interesting. I don't I think overall I kind of look at it how it was when it was Bucks Bucks Chiefs where it was what Brian Mitchell had brought up in that last interview where it was like the Bucks just 
out-physicaled them. They got a lot of pressure on Kansas City, and they got it on Patrick Mahomes. I feel like that's Eagles are they're pretty much using the same recipe. Scary front seven like how it was with Tampa Bay. Nice secondary. In fact, I, secondary to me for the Eagles is a lot better than it was for Tampa Bay. And to me, overall, the weapons and the quarterback, it's pretty much on the same level. Like You're, you're going to put up points. You're going to give yourself enough opportunities to score. The Chiefs, to me, are going to be behind a lot of the game. But if Kansas City, if they are able to make it a lot closer and it becomes a one-score game, I believe that the Chiefs will end up pulling it out. But if it's not close, I'm definitely leaning towards the Eagles on this one. And I'm going to say 31-21. High scoring. I see a 37-34 Super Bowl. You're going with that... uh... I, I think you're going. I, you're going with that script that we had seen earlier. I think both offenses are going to put on a show. I think both quarterbacks probably have four touchdowns. Maybe not four passing, but like four total. Yeah, just four total. Each, each quarterback probably has four total touchdowns. And I mean, I, I think both of these offenses are going to put on a show. Look, I love it because I've always been a proponent of offense. Can always, I can always appreciate some good defense, but I'm always an offensive guy at heart. We talked about the Derek Carr news earlier. Chris Rosevaglu, a friend, friend of our station, love him. Posted on Twitter, just got done speaking to Drew Brees. Oh, subtle nice. flex, but okay. Slight, just a slight one. He thinks acquiring Derek Carr would be quote a great thing for the Saints. Said he was always impressed with the system Carr ran with the Raiders prior to this season. Shots at Josh McDaniels. Yikes. Oof. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree. I'm not, I was gonna I've, say, I've never did, been a fan you, of Josh McDaniels. I was going to say, did you not see what Derek Carr but, was dissing at a dishin in the, what was it, the quarterback competition right, for the Pro Bowl? Right. Before we wrap, though, the Super Bowl is in Phoenix. Yeah. You know what else is going on in Phoenix this weekend? I don't know the exact name of it, but it's a golf tournament. The Waste Management right. Phoenix Open. This is one of the craziest tournaments of the year. If you remember... Phil Mickelson getting trounced by a crowd full of people. It happened at this golf course. <laughs> um, it, it's a great tournament. It's loaded with people. There's one hole that is completely, it's a par three, and it's completely enclosed by stands, and it holds 17,000 people just on that one hole. So things could get crazy, and I feel bad for anybody that lives in Phoenix that isn't attending either event because traffic is just going to be disastrous. DoorDash everything and stay home. Just don't leave. I hope you went to the grocery store a week ago. Correct. Because, yikes. Thanks to our guest today, Ben Upton, talking Louisiana Rage of Cajuns baseball. Jake Crane talking the world of sports and giving his pick for the Super Bowl. And, of course, our final Super Bowl spotlight of the week, Brian Mitchell previewing or recapping his thoughts on his Super Bowl appearance. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well, give a big old hug to your mom and them, and we're back to you, to you on Monday, 4 to 6. We'll recap this wild weekend in sports and much more right here on The Game.